Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. I'm your bitch, Kim, and hey, 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 this is a podcast, of course, about my beloved bitches of the East Coast, the Real Housewives of New York, Potomac, and New Jersey, baby. We all know it. Happy Tuesday to you all. Hope you guys had a kick-ass weekend. I did. I guess I did. Yeah, I had uh, my little nephew come over with my brother and his wife. It was so nice. I just have to say, before I started recording this morning, I got a package in the mail. And I don't know about Yin's guys, but I just always get super duper excited whenever there is a package left outside my door. And I know it's for me, even though realistically, this package was not really for me, even though it came in my name. Okay. I was so excited because we all remember, and if you don't remember, I got a new little puppy, so it's officially my little boy, my little bruiser. His name is Rony. Yes, R-H-O-N-Y. We all know that. So he's teething, right? He's only three months old right now, and he's biting everything, right? He's chewing everything. He's bit me already. It kind of hurt like shit, But uh, you know what? Mama still loves him. It's all good. He's going through the process right now. So I went on good old Chewy.com. And no, this is not an ad for them. I'm just saying that I got some shit from Chewy.com and it was fucking great. And I was so excited. So basically, I get this stuff in the mail. It was two packages. One package was like for a treat toy. Like you put treats in it and then the dog has to kind of figure out how to get them out. So that was one little package. And then the big ass box, right? I was so excited because he likes to chew things. He really likes soft plush toys. So I was like, yes. So if you recall when Diana was on here with Bravo Besties, believe it, Bravo Besties, when I was talking to her on how I really, really, really want to go to Disney World, I saw in Chewy that (laughs) there is this big ass donut of Mickey Mouse. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to get it. So I got that. And then they were also doing like a buy three, get one free. So I was like, fucking yes, I'm going to do it. So then I, what else did I get? I got a cool tie-dyed slothicorn, which is a sloth and a unicorn put together. It is amazing. And I got a teddy bear and I got an elephant, a corduroy elephant. And I don't know why I'm so excited about this whole thing for my dog. But when I opened all of this shit, my mom's dog, she has a Yorkie. He's so tiny. He's like not even five pounds. It's funny. His name's Pico. He's so adorbs. And I just opened all this stuff up and they went crazy. And I was in so much, I had so much joy because I was just watching them play with each other. And the only things that are out right now are the Mickey Mouse donut thing because my mom's dog's obsessed with it right now. And the little sloth of corn, even though it's a big sloth of corn. I just felt like I wanted to share that with you guys because it made me really happy. And I know that maybe Yin's guys really love when you get packages too. I think it's just the feeling whenever you get something and it's just right in front of you and you know that you got it. And it's just, it's hard to explain, but hopefully Yin's guys get what I'm saying. So 
that was my morning. <laughs> Let's get into a little what the Bravo. There is some stuff going on. I don't want to go too crazy and everything. Now, I know that there was an article about Naomi and Matul, and I didn't really get into it because I kind of want to just focus on my gals from New York today and, of course, my Potomac loves as well. But I do remember whenever I went on Naomi's Instagram last week, I guess, and I'm not surprised just because I feel like this is the world that we live in. There's so much shit that goes on via social media, especially with celebrities. Like if you don't like someone, then you're going to be like, well, fuck you. Not really. I'm not saying that most people do that. I think majority of people are nice and they're cool. So I guess there's a lot of people going in Matul's DMs and just saying some shit, really not nice shit. And, you know, granted, he kind of deserves some of it. But if I were to assume, especially if Naomi went on her Instagram and said, stop sending hate messages to Matul, you know, he's a person, he screwed up, but he's still a nice guy deep down, da 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 I wonder if people were threatening him in any kind of way. Hopefully that did not happen, but you never know in this crazy world of social media. But let's let's go to um, my New York gals because there's a few things here that I found pretty interesting. Of course, it's on my reality blurb website. You guys know that I love that site. So headline, Ramona Singer asked Roni producers to ban race topic at reunion. Will she attend after they refused? Plus, Jill Zarin on why the ratings are so low. This past episode, if you've seen it, we can understand why Ramona would ask the producers to not talk about the race situation because any time that the race situation is brought up ever in front of Ramona Singer, the bitch just tries to flee away. She does not want to face it. And I don't know what the hell's her problem. I, it's, it's very confusing. It's very disappointing, especially for a woman of her age. And come on, Ramona, just like, what the fuck, man? You're crazy. Like, you're pissing us all off, Ramona. This article says that Ramona is pretty concerned about being labeled as racist for the upcoming reunion, which has not even had an air date yet. It was supposed to be recorded. uh, They said that it's supposed to be recorded on the 17th of August, I believe, but... I think they pushed that back. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be recorded on the 17th of August, but it doesn't seem like that is etched in complete stone yet. So we'll have to see on that as well. But Ramona doesn't want to be labeled as the racist housewife on the show. And she believes, this is what the source says, Ramona feels during this reunion, because I don't think she's really aching to be there at this point, she feels that Ebony is going to make her look racist. So, Ramona, I think you just need to calm down. I think you're thinking way too far ahead of something that's never going to happen in the first place. So, Ramona contacted the production team and expressed those concerns, and... Ramona was really trying to attempt to have production leave out certain situations that happened during the season, which realistically is just the race thing. Let's just be real. Producers said, no, we're not going to do that because it was so prevalent throughout the main episodes. Of course, bitch, we're going to talk about it. You're just going to have to suck it up and deal with it. So with all of that going on with Ramona and the production and her being super scared of people seeing her as a racist and a bigot, 
First of all, Ramona, we've already seen everything thus far, and we already have our opinions of you in the first place, so I don't think the reunion is going to be anything shocking to us viewers. That's just what I think. But now let's just move on because OG Jill Zarin, she is talking about why ratings of New York, and honestly, as David Yontef said and a couple other people who have been on the show before, Ratings for these shows have been going down so much. And originally, I was like, I don't really understand. This shit is great. But I do have to say, I found myself, I am kind of embarrassed to say this, but I'm going to say it. This past week, I completely missed the episode of Beverly Hills. And I, I am mad at myself when I say this. I did not see the engagement proposal with Amrit in Family Karma. So I'm kind of mad about that. So I'm going to fucking fix that after this. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting the fatigue myself. Not with my East Coast bitches. But I don't know. There's just something. I don't know. Am I just tired? Like, are you guys tired? Let me know because I want to make sure that I'm not the only one that feels this way, sort of. Maybe I'm just going through a slump. But yeah, I didn't watch the Beverly Hills episode last week, so I'm going to have to catch up with that. But Jill went on her sister's podcast, and I guess it's it's the Lisa Wexler show, and uh, she shared her thoughts on why Roni isn't really as successful as it could be doing. And she says, this is a quote from the, the Reality Blurb website. She says, I think the biggest, I'll, I'll try to say it in the Jill Zarin way. I think the biggest problem with the show, which nobody talks about, is it's called The Real Housewives of New York. There isn't one housewife and there's not one boyfriend. And I think the lack of male energy on the show is the problem. Do you guys think that's the case? I think she may have a point. I do find it funny that it is called The Real Housewives of New York and none of them are married and they're single and all that shit that I mean that's kind of funny to me (laughs) and I would say most of these Real Housewives shows most of the women are divorced and or not with anyone which is totally fine I mean yin's guys do yin's guys and I fucking support because I'm a woman who supports other women but it is kind of funny because they call it The Real Housewives and it's the franchise you get what I'm saying so Yeah, Jill doesn't think it's that uh, popular as it used to be. Some people are saying that the conversations of race that come up basically each episode is the ultimate reason as why the ratings are going down. Jill disagrees with that. I disagree with it too. I think maybe we're just sort of tired. Maybe we're tired of the cast. I don't know, but I don't think it's because of that. Jill says it's a lack of male energy to either fight over or, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And I think that in a lot of ways is the success of the Real Housewives brand as a whole. When Bethany Frankel told Luann that Tom D'Agostino cheated on her, which ultimately ended in her divorce, again, it was a man. If you really think about the stuff, Ramona getting divorced from Mario Singer. The first seasons of New York was so great because of Simon and his red leather pants. Do we remember Simon's red leather pants? Oh, yes, we do, honey. If you don't, go on the peacock. Give it a check, check, check It's great. So those were Jill's thoughts on the season thus far. She thinks men are missing from the show. Do Yin's guys agree? I don't know. 
So now, the next little tidbit that I want to talk about concerning my New York gals. Headline, okay? Ramona, Sonia, and Luann are nervous about being fired from Roni. And Dorinda Medley will be asked back to the show. So these sources are saying that Ramona clearly is being nervous about the reunion, but we all thought that she was fired. And as I said last time, I never thought that she was going to get fired. I just think it was word on the street, Giselle. Okay, sing, sing. That was a fucking crazy episode. I can't wait to talk about it. But apparently Sonia has turned off her phone and she's like not responding to people. So this source apparently thinks that Sonia's scared that she's going to get fired and she's not going to be able to come back to the show. I don't know. That's a little much for me. Oh, no, wait. Actually, I'm sorry. I fucked up. The article says Ramona turned off her phone. Okay, it wasn't necessarily Sonia. So I guess the OGs are nervous about getting fired because of what the fans are saying And that they're all bothered with the show and where it's going this season and all this kind of shit. I happen to like this season. I'm really enjoying Ebony. I wish that we would have had her way back. Even before Leah was on the show. I just think that she has a great energy around her. And I believe she is everything and more of what a real housewife should be. Even though she's not a housewife. I just think that she... We needed her a long time ago. I think... People are growing tired of Ramona. I'm kind of growing tired of her this season, I I do have to say. I don't know. We just need Dorinda back. Let's just be real. We need Dorinda. (laughs) So they're saying, they're saying that they are thinking about having Dorinda back. She's not going to come back on until she is a full-time cast member, which I completely understand. It is funny because this article says, and I saw this last week, Luann went on her Instagram. There is a photo of the OG cast of The Real Housewives of New York. Uh, Season two, was it? And what does she say on her Instagram? She's like, OGs are hard to come by. Hashtag Roni. Hashtag NYC strong. Hashtag throwback Thursday. So... Is Luann trying to say something with that post? Is she trying to say, I'm kind of over the shit. I'm over the season. I want it to be the old days. Well, guess what? The old days are dead. Come on. It's 2021. We got to get in the game. We all want Dorinda to come back. I don't know. We'll see for the rest of the season if the views can go up because I think the lowest that they've had is 764,000 viewers tuning into an episode this month. So that's kind of saying something. Now, whether it's a cast shakeup we need to do or bringing back some OGs back, you know, I personally, if I could have any New York cast member come back, obviously it would be Dorinda. I really would love to see Bethany with Ebony. I think that would be actually, yeah, fuck yeah. Bethany, Ebony, and Dorinda. I would love to see the three of them. I think it would be fabulous. Luann, I could see go. And I love you, Luann. I love me some Luann, okay? But I almost feel like her storyline is kind of gone. And honestly, I love me some Sonya Morgan too. But the same thing keeps happening. And I don't know. I don't know. I want I want Ebony's friend to find her a damn match. So with that said, let's get into this past episode of Roni and what we have in store for tonight because it is going to be crazy. 
So we start off by being at that tattoo place. This is before they're having dinner. And Ramona is still going crazy, trying to avoid, avoid, avoid the whole situation that they're trying to talk about with Ebony and her mission and all of this kind of stuff. And Ramona just does not want to have it. She's very uncomfortable and she just makes herself look kind of idiotic at this point, even though she looks like that a lot lately. Um, So, yeah, she's trying to avoid everything when everyone's really just trying to have a conversation. And then Bershawn and Leah start talking to Ebony about the whole disagreement with Ramona and Ebony. And then Bershawn looks at Ebony and says, you know what, maybe you should change your approach with Ramona because and then Ebony is like, I'm not apologetic for what I'm doing. And uh, guess what, Ebony? No, you shouldn't be because... Ramona's just being annoying as fuck, okay? She just needs to shut up and listen. But that is clearly a huge problem for her. So then we have Ramona and Sonia off to the side. They're talking. Ramona is trying to start a different conversation with Sonia as far as, hey, so how was the matchmaking? How was the matchmaking thing? How did it go in Philly? And Sonia's trying to say, hey, bitch, I'm trying to reflect on what's going on right now. You need to be present on what the fuck is going on with these women. And of course, deflect, deflect, deflect. Ramona doesn't want to deal with it. And it's getting annoying. She's just trying to avoid the issue. When there really isn't an issue, to be honest. There should have never been an issue. But because she's being all crazy and shit, now there's an issue. So as Ebony and Brashawn and Leah are talking, and when Brashawn said, you're kind of being a little bit preachy, Ebony says, I think this is in her confessional, and I thought it was just something important to bring up. And she said, basically, the reason why she seems to be preachy to the ladies is because Ramona always runs away. I don't know if she said it was to the ladies, but I think it was more pointing to Ramona. So the reason why she seems to be preachy is because Ramona always runs away because she doesn't know how to face anything, face anything that's uncomfortable period. So that was something that was important to me. And then Ebony goes off and she talks to Luann about this whole thing because Luann is so upset about the white supremacist thing. And she's like, well, I don't understand why you say that. And then Ebony's like, you know what? Here, here's the thing. I can fucks with you. I can fucks with Sonia and I can fucks with Leah. Ramona, for some odd reason, I have no idea what the fuck to do with her. And, um, I know that I can be my true self around you, Luann. So they were having that whole conversation and everything was getting better between those two. Yay. And then what happens? Dinner is served. This part was very interesting to me. And I'm thinking about it play back in my head right now. And I'm like, I don't even know how this happened. So they're about to get dinner and Ebony is trying to tell the gals a little something something about what's going on in her life and as she's starting to do it what happens then you hear (laughs) and no it's not Ramona (laughs) Ramona's like oh my god Leah like what is wrong (laughs) oh my god just like tell us is it about no it's not about me it's about her and she was talking about Ebony but in my mind I'm like Leah what the fuck and then all of a sudden we find out through Ebony even though Leah kind of I don't know it was almost like is it wrong of me that I felt like Leah was kind of stealing her moment as far as 
telling something actually really fucking personal about Ebony's life because we find out that Ebony's grandmother passed away, okay? And like, I don't know, I was kind of bothered that Leah kind of, she didn't put on a show. I really don't think that she did it on purpose, but the way that it came off was the attention was taken off of Ebony and put onto Leah because she started crying when realistically this had nothing to do with Leah and it wasn't, I don't know, does that make sense? I know what I'm trying to say, but maybe I'm just so fucked up that I even thought of that. Maybe I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I do feel like that it was kind of weird. Like this was something really, this was Ebony. Like, let her fucking do it. Like, shut the fuck up, Leah. Like, come on. That rubbed me the wrong way. Even though I don't, I don't think Leah did it for attention. That's not what I'm saying. I just, I just didn't like the scene. Ebony said that she didn't want to say anything to the girl. She didn't want to be a party pooper and bring everyone down. But you know what I noticed? Who was the first person to get up out of her chair to go hug Ebony immediately? That was... Ramona Singer okay and I know that all of us get annoyed with her all of us hate her and love her and hate her a lot I do think Ramona is more genuine than we all think and she does some fucked up shit a thousand percent of the time and I'm not dismissing all of her stupid bullshit that she does however I do have to say that she is usually the first one to get up and support someone who is literally crying like crazy and someone who's just really upset or something crazy in their life that just happened that is super life-changing, Ramona's usually the first one there to console and support that person. So even though we hate her sometimes, a lot of the time, I did love her in that moment because she was giving Ebony what she needed then. So from this whole thing, after dinner, the whole tattoo thing is coming around. The only two that got tattoos, I believe, are Leah and Ebony. And you know what? It is kind of nice. This is a special moment between the two of them because they were able to get tattoos. I think they were both of their grandmother's names. So that was really cute. Ebony was super scared and Ramona was trying to talk her out of it. Like, oh my God, no, Ebony, you, you really need to think about this because like you're so emotional right now. And I really just think that maybe you should just sleep on it and then maybe think about it for tomorrow. And then Ebony's like, no, I'm going to do it now. Like what's wrong? <laughs> so, but she was there to support. So, okay, that was great. And then when that's happening, Sonia is talking to Ramona after Ramona leaves Ebony's side after she got the tattoo and shit. And so I just forgot to mention this huge important point after I looked at my notes that before Ebony got a tattoo, Sonia was talking to Ramona and this was before Ramona went into the room with her. Sonia was talking to Roro about... Oh, well, my daughter, she never, I told my daughter that you have a blank canvas, like you don't want anything to be defaming your body and all this stuff. And then Brashawn comes in and then she was basically saying, so are you judging people for tattoos? And then Sony's like, yeah. And then I was just like, oh man, this is already the start. And as soon as that happens, I literally thought of Luann in Miami whenever, were they in Miami? I think it was Miami. When Dorinda started drinking and Luann looked at her and said, oh, she's starting. I was like, oh my God, Sonia's starting. <laughs> she was at that point. And then it kind of like went crazy, okay? 
And after the whole tattoo thing happened, I also would like to say Ebony said one of the greatest lines of this episode, talking about how this is her first tattoo when Ramona was trying to say, don't do it. Your body is beautiful without it. And you don't need to do all of this stuff to like show people. (laughs) And then she's like, listen, Ramona, I'm just like you, okay? Bentleys don't need to advertise. Ooh, that was good. And come to think of it, I don't think I've ever really seen a Bentley commercial. So yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. So we have the morning after the whole tattoo, you know, Zena. And Ramona calls Leah trying to get the plans for the day. And uh, you wouldn't even know if Leah would talk because Ramona just wouldn't shut her damn mouth. She kept on going, bye. What? And best thing, Leah calls Sonia and says, yeah, I just spoke to Ramona and uh, I have like a splitting fucking headache. And then Sonia's like, welcome to my life, bitch. (laughs) So as the girls were trying to figure out, they're getting ready to go to this like pioneer village or something like that. And Bershawn goes to Ebony's room and they're talking about the night before and how Bershawn suggests to Ebony that maybe she shouldn't be as preachy because the girls don't want that. They don't want a preacher. They want a friend. So... Clearly, we still see that Brashawn and Ebony are not meeting. They don't really have the same opinion when it comes to all of this stuff that's going on. So Brashawn has her own way of settling everything, while Ebony has her own way that doesn't match Brashawn's. And that's fine. So as Sonia is trying to reflect on the night before with Ramona in their room, again, Ramona's trying to deflect. She doesn't want to talk about it because she's uncomfortable, which get over it, Ramona. You're annoying us. So they go to the Pioneer Village, and it's another history lesson that Leah says, even though she didn't really mean to do that. And they have clothes for the women to put on. All of them, except for Leah and I believe Sonia, did not wear anything. Leah says it's because she was really cold. It looked cold there. So, but they were going through, and they were learning about all the shit. There was a wigwam there, and I'm not going to lie. I don't really know what a fucking wigwam is. It just looked like some sort of a... building back in the 1600s place that I would not want to be around back then so yeah it was a quick trip and then what happened they ended up going back but as they were going back Bershawn and Sonia were having a conversation and then Sonia she's getting a little tipsy tipsy and she's starting to talk about her water pills and her divorce and her daughter and all this stuff and it's just sort of a broken record at this point with her Leah and Ebony see it and they're like, well, man, this like she needs to move on from this stuff. It's really like wearing down on her and it's wearing down on us at this point. So as they get back, they get ready for dinner. And again, we see this was so gross. Did we not see the bathroom floor in Ramona's place? There was shit on the floor. Shit. It was so disgusting. And of course, Ramona says, she says, oh, no, no, no. I I spilled some of my makeup. This is my makeup. Bitch, that wasn't no makeup. It was your shit. It was on the floor. Oh, it was so gross, but yet not shocking because it is Ramona Singa Stinga. You know what I'm saying? She's one of my closest girlfriends. 
And we all know that it was really shit because one, we have eyes that we saw, but two, you could totally see how hilarious Sonia thought it was. And she was in hysterics, just freaking crying, laughing hard. It was, it was a real thing. So as they're at dinner, all the girls are ordering their drinks. And then all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, Brashawn's just like, I think you girls are boring. You're acting like grandmas. What? What the? Where did that come from? (sighs) Obviously, none of the women like that, particularly Luann and Sonia. However, Ramona, who is the oldest one out of all of the women, by the way, she didn't even come in and like defend any of the women. She was more, she was showing more loyalty to Brashawn than the other women and that pissed me off, but I'm not shocked by that. Brashawn was like, I just want to change the mood. I'm going through a lot of shit and I'm being sued by a lot of people and I'm suing the state and da 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 da. And Ebony's like, okay, well, we want to hear about it. Like, talk to us about what's going on. And then all of a sudden, Sonia, because she's getting a little drunk, she jumps in and says, no, 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 you insult us. And now you want to get to, now you want us to get to know you. What is that? And then Ebony's like, yeah, but I asked. Whoops. <laughs> but as this is all happening and Sonia's freaking the fuck out as well, Brashawn just comes in and says, Sonia, you're a clown. And they're all like, what the fuck? Like, clown I'm sorry but who says who uses clown whenever they're talking anymore I want to have to say maybe that's a grandma thing to say however my mom's a grandma and she doesn't use that so I don't know maybe it's just a Brashawn thing which is fine that's like her mo that's cool I dig it you do you Brashawn but it was kind of a weird comment and then the whole rest of the night the girls are getting all fumed up with this shit And then Brashawn is basically throwing Ramona under the bus without really saying it and saying, Leah, I can fucks with you. However, there's some people that talk shit about you. And then Leah's like, well, who the fuck's talking shit about me? And then Brashawn is like taking forever and like 90 years to say who it is, even though we all know it's Ramona. And then she's like, well, I don't want to. So, so. And then Leah's like, so, so, uh, yeah, you should talk, bitch, because you brought this whole thing up. And you know what? I'm not even going to deal with this because you're not even doing anything. (sighs) So it was a lovely evening (laughs) and the dinner went really well. And they end up going back to the hotel. As they were going back, it was Luann, Ebony, and Leah together. And then Sonia stuck around with Ramona. Sonia is such a good friend to Ramona. Ramona, you really need to know that she is there for you. Because none of the other bitches will be there for you. That's all I'm saying. But Sonia's there with Ramona and Bershawn. And they're doing their little ah yelling. I don't even remember what they said because it was just so much. So as they were walking or about to walk, Sonia gets this fucking wine glass and she starts drinking the thing. But holy damn, she drank that shit through her mask. That was the most Olympian type of thing that I've ever seen with a wine glass. And I'm very impressed by it because not only did she do that, she didn't get it spilled anywhere. I thought that was very impressive. So... Brava to you, Sonia Morgan. You are badass. And I want to know how you did that. So Sonia is super drunk and she's calling Brashawn a wet blanket. And then the girls get back to the hotel. Brashawn then comes in and says, hey, guys, uh, I was drinking and I was drunk. So I'm sorry. And then Leah's like, you can't fucking say that. Like, that's not an excuse, which I completely agree. That can't always be your excuse whenever you're acting like an asshole. Then we see Ramona go to Leah again. 
and apologize. And again, I do think that Ramona truly cares about Leah. I just think she's, I don't know. I think she's dumb sometimes. And I really don't even know if she understands what she's doing. But yeah, so with that, then we see Rashawn apologize. But she's not really apologizing because she's just sort of saying to the girls, I don't really follow codes here. I kind of say and do whatever I want. I don't really think before I speak. And then Ebony's like, "Eh," in her confessional, she's like, yeah, I don't know if this is necessarily Bershawn apologizing. She might be sorry for how it went down, but she's not sorry for what she did. So at the very end of the episode, Sonia's super drunk and... The whole clown thing is being said again from Bershawn to Sonia. And then <laughs> Sonia's like, I'll give you one more time. That was almost like turtle time way back in the day with Ramona. But um, Sonia's saying, you talk about yourself. And then all of a sudden this came out of freaking left field and I was very confused and I was like what the fuck did you just say Sonia like that's fucked up and she said to Brashawn says I I should shut up and, and just let you hang yourself what the fuck Sonia what what the fuck and then she said to Brashawn that she should use her brain and then at the very end when it says to be continued it seems like there will be a physical altercation between Brashawn and Sonia will it be a drag me Monique moment I'm not really sure but now with the Monique mention let's get on to our gals Potomac so with Potomac we're left off from the nude interlude at Dr. Wendy's house when we find out about her tits and her ass being redone. But then we know that Mia has had a breast up, uh, like a fucking, is it an uplift? I don't even know what they're called, but whatever. She got breast implants. She got her clit worked on. She got Botox. She got lip fillers, all this shit that I know nothing about. But we learn all of that about her. Mm-mm-mm. Love it. We're trying to figure out, Karen, what the fuck is Sing Sing and Giselle, how are they in the same sentence? Speak to us because we want to know more and are you just making some shit up? Hot box? Fiery box? Like, what the fuck is that? And hilarious, okay? Ashley's like in her confessional, she's like, is this some like old lady code or something? And then the best the best and this is why Robin Dixon is the best (laughs) she says at the table when it comes to sing sing the shit she (laughs) she says is this like a tiktok thing oh yes I love that that was so good so as this is all going on Mia then steps into the confrontation with Giselle and Karen about Giselle's hot box, fiery box, whatever the fuck. And she basically says, you know what? I know I just met Giselle, but I'm like a really good, um, I can understand people's character really quickly. And I, I really feel like that Giselle is genuine and I think she's a good person. Dr. Wendy's like, bitch, what? And then she looks over and she's like, what? You came with Karen. Where's your loyalty? Like, this is crazy. And then we find out 
how and why the friendship between Giselle and Karen started to dwindle. And that is when, I guess a couple years ago, Ray sat down with Giselle and basically said, you know, looks don't always last forever, Giselle. So you want to basically find a man now. Use it use it while you can when you're still pretty. Because when you get older, you're not going to be that pretty. Is basically what he was saying. That's how I took it. And then what Giselle said, and I guess Karen did not like it. She said that Ray will be buried six feet under before her beauty fades. <laughs> I do have to say that might be true. But Karen didn't like it. And because of that, she's been after Giselle this whole time. So it had to have been a couple years, to be honest. And when this all happened, and when she was talking about it at the dinner table, she looks at Robin, and she's like, you know what? This happened. My kids, they were very hurt by it. And it's just funny, because you see the production, like, flashback to, I guess, the year this happened. And her kids, I'm sorry, her daughter was 19, and her son was 27. Karen, Your kids weren't hurting as much as you think that they were. I think it was you, boo-boo. Isn't that what, uh, isn't that what Giselle says? I think it was you. So I found that hilarious and I know that it probably didn't affect them. (laughs) So Robin now is saying that she's finding it a little bit confusing that Wendy is defending Karen at this point whenever last year they had that whole little hiccup between the two of them about the slurring and the snake and all this kind of shit. And then from that whole thing, Karen and Giselle, I would have to say, are doing the best shade so far with our Potomac women. However, I think Wendy will do pretty well this season. I mean, she's like super feeling herself with her boobs and her ass right now so like she could be third with the shade so but Karen comes in and she's like top number one right now and she comes in and looks at Robin she's like oh yeah so uh Robin when are you getting married and then Robin's like uh after the pandemic when are you getting married and then she's like oh well you know I'm gonna be doing this and this and it's gonna be a small group and all this kind of stuff so there's gonna be some shit going on there and I cannot wait This bothered me. Wendy's like trying to calm everyone down. And she's like, all right, ladies, let's just remember why we're all here. And then she gets up and she's like, look at me. Look at me. And, you know, granted, Wendy, you look fucking hot. You look great. But like, I didn't need all that song and dance. Like that made me not like you as much. And that's my own problem. I'll get over it. But I was a little disappointed in that 45 seconds of you overly feeling yourself it's nice that you're feeling yourself but I got annoyed with it after two seconds so that's my own problem (laughs) but then we find out that she actually did have an ass job because she finally confessed and then Mia gets on her confessional and she says "Mm, how insecure is a person that she finally announces that she had her ass done because she wanted to hear someone else say that they had theirs done first insecure much Mia and Wendy, I'm pretty sure, are going to be like a duel for sure. A duel, a duel, okay? Now, there is a duel between Karen and Candace still trying to resolve that from last year. But clearly, we see it in Giselle and Karen. Karen, she can duel pretty much with anyone and everyone. So the girls leave, and as they are leaving, Mia looks at Giselle and Robin and is like, Can I have your number? 
Again, Wendy is like sticking up in their business for no reason at all. Like, girlfriend, go have your titty cupcake and sit down. Everything's cool. Let them do their thing. So Mia wanted their number. Wendy thought it was weird. You came with Karen. Why do you want their number? (sighs) Who cares? I don't. Who cares? Okay. So then we learn a little bit more about Mia. We go to her place. We see her little children. They're making cupcakes. She's trying to do her business shit while she's watching her kids with her husband. It's obviously a hard time to do that because kids will be kids. And then I thought this was great. Whenever she asked her little girl, she's like, who runs the world? And her little girl was like, bad guys. I'm like, oh my God, does she already know the truth? Does she already know? Like, oh my God, Mia taught them when they were young. Okay. I thought that was funny. And I thought that was very fitting for, well, you know, life sometimes. So then we have Candace. We fast forward to Candace. She's trying to now be an actress and a singer. I thought the singer thing was going to be a thing, but I didn't know that she wanted to be, you know, triple threat. I didn't know she wanted to go Beyonce with it. You know what I'm saying? So I think out of all of the housewives that have tried to do this whole thing, um, I think Candace should personally stick more to the music than the acting. However, with the little scene that I saw, she didn't look that bad. But if it were up to me, I would probably want to hear her more as a singer as opposed to an actress. Leave that acting shit to Lisa Rinna, Denise Richards. Who am I missing? Am I missing someone? Probably. I just can't think of any. (laughs) Eileen. But she hasn't been on for so long. (laughs) So, but yeah. I would want to do more music with Candace, less of the acting, but you know what? I'm going to be here for it. I'll probably see the shit whenever it comes out anyways. Chris is her husbander. Question is, how are they really making money though? Because he sold the restaurant, so how is he making any income? Is he really making a lot of income by those online classes? Hopefully. I know that they'll be making the income from Candace and her acting gigs, but how lucrative are those but obviously we know that she gets paid from the show so then we go to Ashley's condo and her mom meets her and they talk about the baby coming and all this kind of shit it was just them talking about Ashley's sex life with Michael and uh that's all that I really want to talk about in that scene because it was just too uh I didn't need to know all that shit about Michael. I just didn't need to know it. So then we go over to Giselle's house where Robin comes over for the first time because she wasn't able to because of the pandemic. So we get to see Giselle's West Wing and I just always think of that show The West Wing which really I don't think fits in with what Giselle is as a person and who she is as a person at all and I find it funny and laughable. But I also love the shade that Robin threw about Giselle's house. It said, the interior of her West Wing is just amazing. But her exterior, oh, it is bad. It just looks like a house attached to another house. (laughs) I wonder if Giselle saw that and then called Robin right after she saw it on the episode and was like, bitch, what are you doing? (laughs) To Robin's defense, I agree. It does look a little funny on the outside. But yes, the interior does look amaze. Giselle's talking to Robin about the relationship with Jamal and how basically they're not together and it's because of the pandemic and they couldn't see each other. I think it's a bunch of shit. 
I still feel like Giselle's making excuses about the pandemic being the reason why they're not together. You guys aren't together because Jamal is an asshole and you don't need to be with an asshole because you're awesome and he's not and you don't want to be with a not awesome person. (laughs) I do kind of feel like she put on a show for us last season about the Jamal thing. Maybe she did do that so she could stay on the show. I don't know, but I, I don't think it was real. I really don't. So Giselle and Robin call up Candace and they're kind of informing her about the night that Candace missed at the nude interlude. And they were talking about Mia and how so many surgeries that she's had on herself and all this kind of shit and like, oh my God, this bitch. So then after that phone call, we go to the Huger house. Karen's talking to Ray about this whole nude interlude party and how she was kind of disappointed in herself with the way that she brought up the Giselle stuff. And she wants to throw this like love party at her house and she just wants people to get back on track, Giselle especially. But we all know that Giselle doesn't go. That would, <laughs> that would be so out of character if she ended up showing up. So after that, we go to the Osefo household and they're doing a family dinner. And then all of a sudden, geez Louise, Wendy's mom admits that she wants to get a boob job and she wants her kids to pay for it. How cool. Okay. And then this was interesting. Cue Megan King from OC because watch out, honey, because Wendy is going to give you some competition. She wants to make a home essentials line, including what? Candles. Mm, mm. I wonder what Megan's face would be like if she would listen to this right now. She'd probably be like, Kim, shut the fuck up. (laughs) But that's what Wendy wants to do. I wonder if Craig Conover will hit her up as far as that's concerned. Maybe he can give her some pointers. We'll see. I guess look out for Wendy's candles because I guess she's doing it. Wendy is also saying that Eddie's going to take care of the business part, but she also needs $20,000 more of an investment to get her company started. That scares me, especially if it's only candles. Now we go to Ashley's condo yet again. And what's going on? Karen comes over so she can invite Ashley and Michael to her house. Baby Dean is sleeping. Then Ashley really gets down and dirty with it and says, hey, Kern. What the hell was Sing Sing? Do you know some shit? Let us know what's going on. And then Karen says, I looked up Sing Sing and it's a jail in New York. And I just I just thought it went really well with Hot Box and Fiery Box. I, I, I just thought it sounded good. Karen, what the... F- <laughs> and then she says, you know, Ashley, I have a sense of humor. I have a sense of... Karen, come on. Oh my God, that made me laugh. That was so funny. I appreciated that. Ashley, the face that you made was perfect. That's the face that I made as well. And obviously we see Dean. He wakes up from his little nap. He thinks she's the boogeyman and then he starts crying. And then what happens? That's Karen's cue to leave. And that's how that scene was. I thought it was real. That was a great scene. You know, Ashley, I I have a sense of humor. Okay. (laughs) I love it. We did hear, again, great shade from Karen about Robin on why Robin won't attend Karen's party is because Robin is so far up Giselle's bush that she ain't going to come to the party. And guess what, Karen? You are right because she doesn't show up with the wand. She doesn't come to your party. So there's that. Then we go to Giselle's house. She's there with her girls. They're having lunch. We find out that Grace herself did not pass her permit test. 
I guess it was the written one. But let me just say this. Grace, I didn't pass either. I had to take it twice. So, girl, I feel you. Don't beat yourself up about it. And I don't think you were. I think it was more your mom putting pressure on you and all that shit. But I failed too, okay? And I'm not a good test taker either. So I feel for you on that. And don't worry about it. Giselle's talking about how they only really have a few years left before the girls go off to college. And then she wants to talk to them about boyfriends and all this shit. And realistically, Giselle needs to be taking the advice from her girls because I think they have better ideas than Giselle does. (laughs) Her daughters even admit that she has the worst choices, which is basically their they're like shading their dad because we all know I don't even need to talk. He, he, he does not need to be a source of my energy or my air with what I need to say. But his own daughters are even saying it. So Giselle just needs to take advice from her daughters. <laughs> even though Giselle does not want them to date rappers or athletes. That's probably a good idea. The girls also say that Giselle needs to be a little bit more emotionally supportive to people too. I agree with that as well. So then we get to the love party, honeys. There's only Mia and her husband, Wendy and her husband, Candace and Chris show up, and Ashley flies solo. So Mia starts talking about her clit work when they get there and, uh, you know, with the women and all that shit. And then Wendy asks, (laughs) she asked her again, how old are you? Honey, Mia said that she had to go check her ID again. And then she said, I'm 36. You had to check your ID to see how old you were. Really, bitch? I, what the fuck is what I have to say? That is, no. So then Karen wants to move on and not repeat the whole shit that happened at the nude interlude party. But that's not how it goes in Wendy's book because she's got some shit to say about the loyalty with Mia. Like, why did you want Giselle and Robin's number when you came with Karen and all this shit? And then Mia flip-flops with Giselle about, oh, I don't think she's a good person because I didn't know that she wished death upon Ray. So all that shit was going on. And then all of a sudden you see Dr. Wendy literally coming out with her doctor talk like, oh, no, 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 boo-boo. You will not talk to me like this. Talking down to me and all this kind of shit. And I'm like, damn, we're only two episodes in and this is, this is it. Okay, we are here. So the tiff to me... It got a little annoying because I'm like, okay, it's it's overdone. Just say a couple things and let's just move on from it. Let's just move on. You know, we're women. After that whole argument settles down, we get to the happily ever after game or happily married. I'm sorry, where Ashley is then the MC. So it's a bunch of questions about their marriage and all this shit. Like, where did you guys meet? What's the craziest place you guys had sex, et cetera, et cetera. So the one question that I thought was interesting, question that was asked, which girl in your friend group would your husband be attracted to? And they had to, they had to both guess the same person to get a point. Best answer from Ray Huger. Karen said Mia and Ray said Katie. <laughs> Cue Katie, honey. OG Katie. So from that, Karen's like, I'm not letting Ray out of my sight. I'm going to be watching him. So that was funny. So I guess Ray gets a little excited when it comes to Katie. Okay. Also some BS. 
Eddie and Wendy said not applicable. Bullshit. Bullshit. I know Eddie's got an idea. He's just too scared to say it. That's just what I think. Actually, it's what I know. I'm pretty sure that's the case. So the last question was, how did they all meet? Mia and her husband wrote that they met at a strip club. And the girls are like, hmm, okay. So were you, and she's like, no, I'm a bar- I was a bartender. And then you have Ashley and her little confessional say, mm, no, you, you, you don't have a clit surgery because you were just a bartender at a strip club. No, that, that's just not what happens. You, you were definitely a stripper. <sighs> then I have to say, this is my quote of the week. Quote of the week, both New York, Potomac. This, Candace, honey, you're doing a good job. I appreciated this. This was definitely the best line of the week, and it made me laugh. Candace says, if you was a bartender, I'm a white man. Oh, oh, my God. Candace, that is so that was good. That, you know, go do your acting thing. I support you. I support you. And listen, we all know that I don't love, love, love Candace. But, you know, maybe she's kind of grow on growing on me already. Who knows? But yeah, I'll do it one more time because it was hilarious. Quote of the week for sure. Referring to Mia, if you was a bartender, I'm a white man. Oh, love it. Love it. So that was Potomac episode two. Now, tonight will be extra exciting to see where our New York ladies go. And really, if Sonia and Brashawn do try to kick the shit out of each other. (sighs) I hope that's not the case, but we'll see. With Potomac, we're going to see how Mia is being acclimated with a group and Dr. Wendy dealing with her new ass and her boobs. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I got to catch up with the Beverly Hills Family Karma for sure. I need to be better with that shit. Shaw's was good. I enjoyed the other episode and thank yins guys for listening. I appreciate yins guys as he is. Tell your friends about the show and tell them to subscribe. You know what I mean? Give me a little rating. Five stars. Write a comment. Don't be afraid to hit me up on the DMs. My Instagram is at Bravo Yinzer. Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. And follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Have a great Tuesday. Have a great week. And I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.